Hello and welcome to Super Saturday as a comic book media podcast where each episode we will be focusing on your favorite comic books, TV shows, and <laughs> movies to figure out if these projects will stand the test of time. I'm Damon A. And on today's episode, I'm joined by... Hi, I'm Yasmin. All right. On with the show. David. <laughs> okay, I'm sitting here with Yaz. She came on here with her Harley Quinn shirt on. Uh, Hi, I wore this just for this. <laughs> yes. All right. So, soups. As you see from the title and also the thumbnail, we are going to be discussing Gotham City Sirens. Oh, this I, before we before we step in, I would like to point out that I have my Gotham City Sirens posted right up here. Oh shit! And it's even like drawn by the artist and everything too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the three covers of issues. I like to say six, seven, and eight, but I could I, be I wrong. Think, I think it is six, seven, and eight. I could be wrong yeah. though. Yeah, I don't know. It's here, and I haven't. I like to say I'm very happy to be here, and I'm very fucking nervous. So, hey, <laughs> if that hey. means anything. But thank you for having me, David. I'm having a lot of fun already. We're thirty minutes in. We're just now starting. <laughs> Listen, all I got to say is I'm glad that you hopped on for this episode. So you, I want to, of course, I just want to hop in and let's talk about some news roundup. So I got one item of news that I want to hear your thoughts on. So it was talked about this week that Margot Robbie has may have gotten a pay increase at Warner Brothers for the success of Barbie. And it's rumored that she also may be back as Harley Quinn. Do you think she should come back as Harley Quinn, or do you want to see a new Harley Quinn within this new DC universe of movies? I, as a Margot Robbie lover and a Harley and an avid Harley Harley Quinn lover, I have my Harley, Harley Quinn uh, mosaic over there. Um, I think she should stay. I think she should stay uh, Harley Quinn. Everybody loves her, and I don't know about the first Suicide Squad. She was great in that. I'd like to say she, she was Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. You know, it, it, mm, I, I, it, you know what it was. It, it, it I will admit when it, when it came out, I was in high school. It was a moment. It was a huge moment. It was a cultural moment. A it lot was. of people was talking about it. The soundtrack was awesome. The marketing was fantastic. It was, it was, it was. Uh, it was a moment, and I will say she was really good in the movie. It, the movie was like full of just good moments, but was it a good, good movie altogether? Not a good movie. There we go. And it was the fact that like you could tell Warner Brothers like put their fingers and changed all this different shit with the movie. Cause I remember like when they were shooting the film, there was like all these like set photos and videos that came out. And there was like a couple of different scenes where you've seen the Joker abuse Harley. Mm -hmm. But then when the movie came out, they changed that shit last minute. Yeah. But I think Margot is Harley. I feel like that's just who all who y'all think of when we think of Harley Quinn. Um I don't know. I feel like because Margot Margot loves being Harley Quinn, and mm -hmm. she's actually been like pressing to get a Harley and Ivy movie made for I don't know years now. So I hope with the success of Barbie, Barbie made a billion dollars. Yeah, I think it like they made a billion uh, this weekend, yeah. this past weekend. Yeah, made a billion dollars. So I feel like they'll give Margot whatever the fuck she wants, and I feel like she'll she'll take the reins with Harley again. Yeah, like 
I I know that uh, James Gunn talked about how he loved working with her in that su- yeah. the, the Suicide Squad movie. And uh, I don't know. I think Margot Robbie has technically played Harley Quinn for almost 10 years now, mm-hmm. which when you think about it, it doesn't feel like it because she's only been in a handful of movies. Yeah. And I am in, I guess I'm in the minority who says that they actually liked the Birds of Prey movie. Only I problem, love Birds of Prey. Let me tell it. I thought that was fantastic. I love Birds of Prey. Listen, the only problem I had with that movie is how Margot talked about, hey, yeah, we actually, we were going to do this movie and it was going to be a Gotham City Sirens movie, but I wanted to give the platform to some other uh, female characters who didn't have, you know, did it like have like, you know, their time to shine. And it's like, Birds of Prey could have been its own movie. Birds of Prey should have gotten its own movie. Shit, Barbara Gordon should have been Oracle in that movie. Black Canary should have been there. Listen, listen, listen. You know what? Yes, maybe we should do a Birds of Prey episodes next. <laughs> we should. We should. Let's do it. Let's do it. But we'll do like it. that movie should have been Gotham City Sirens. I don't care what it anybody else says. Been, I feel like I feel like that would have led the way for a whole. It would have been a cultural reset. I say that a lot, but Harley, Ivy, and Catwoman. And Margot Robbie, that would have been just so, I know, I know that we want to give other heroes, we have the Blue Beetle movie now, mm-hmm. we want to give other heroes, other villains, but we can, we can have our just, our just one thing, we can have our one more Catwoman, we can have our another uh, Poison Eye, we can just have, we can just have it, yeah. we can do Birds of Prey next, we can just have it. Actually, Birds of Prey without having Harley Quinn there would have been good too. Like in all that honesty, been fine. that would have been fine. Yeah, especially like Margot like even talked about from Harley being in the Birds of Prey. They really do not like that. So yeah. I think that's also part of uh part of the reason why people just like weren't into it, and it it just didn't land with a lot of audiences. Yeah, I think it just didn't land. I think another only critique I have is just like the movie did come off a little too long, but mm-hmm. you know I still liked the movie a lot, and I gotta say, it should have been Gotham City Sirens. It, it really should have been. It really should have been. But that is the book we are talking about today. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, one more question I got for you guys before we dive into talking about the meat and potatoes of this story mm-hmm. is. What was your first introduction to the Sirens? And before you answer that question, I want to add something for the soups at home here. Gotham City Sirens was created, written by Paul Dini, same guy who created Harley Quinn. And the idea of Gotham Sirens came even prior to Gotham Sirens. Catwoman, Poison Ivy, and Harley Quinn were put together in like a web series that was like a flash thing where you click on certain things and it was called Gotham Girls. That was the first like idea of like putting them together in like a team, and it was like I think like ten episodes, where it was them just teaming up. So yeah. that's where the first idea came for it. But what was your first introduction to Gotham City Sirens? Well, I didn't start to get into comics until really, I don't think this until about February of this year. So that all started with the uh, Harley Quinn animated series, which is great, by the way. Love it. We should have. Okay, let me say this one thing. There should be much more Catwoman content in that show. Agreed. 
much more Catwoman content. Sanaa Lathan is a great, her character is great in that show. I love it. I love it. I love it. Anyway, my first um, Harley Quinn, real introduction to Harley Quinn was uh, the first, at, not animated, the live action Suicide Squad movie. And then from there, that's like, okay, I didn't really, I did not really like Harley Quinn at first. I was not a fan of how she was characterized. But I think that's just the movie's fault because when you read the comics, <laughs> Harley is, <laughs> the movie was just horrible at portraying Harley Quinn, just terrible. But the comics, I started getting into the comics after the uh, animated series. And then hyper fixated on that. And then I got into uh, Poison Ivy um, as just a villain. She's great, 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 great. And then I was like, okay, so now there's Harley, Ivy, and Catwoman. So like, what can be better than that? So found the Gotham City Sirens, as suggested by you. And now we're here. Honestly, I forgot I suggested that. So thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, I think I posted, uh, what did I say? I can't remember. I think it was must have been... Uh, I think it was something I posted about Poison Ivy. I love Poison Ivy. Anyways, get beside ourselves. All right, but yes, are you ready to dive into the meat and potatoes of this story? I'm ready. All right, well, let's dive in. All right, Gotham City Sirens is an American comic book series that was written by Paul Dini with art by Gillen March, who I love. Love, 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 love Gillen March. Yeah, Art yeah. is fantastic. It's very like fashion-esque. It's, like it's a like, very yeah, fashion. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it's very feminine, but very like it looks like you're re reading someone's fashion designs. Uh it's sexual, but like in a tasteful type of way, but yeah. still sexual. It's <laughs> like it's very interesting. And Gillum still works on Batman every now and then. Recently did Joker War and a lot of other stuff. Nice. But yeah. And this book was published by DC Comics, obviously. Um, so this book features the most popular female villains inhabiting Gotham City, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, and Poison Ivy. Basically what happens in this story is when Catwoman fights a new villain called Bone Blaster, we'll get to him. Uh, okay. It is revealed she still has physical limitations from her ordeal in Heart of Hush and is nearly easy beaten by the two-time thug. However, Poison Ivy arrives to save Catwoman and offers her to return to her new hideout, which is actually the hideout of the Riddler. Catwoman discovers Harley Quinn is also living with them and proposes the three women join together to protect one another as a team. But first, Harley and Ivy want to know who Batman really is. All right, Yaz, before I have you give me your initial thoughts of these first three issues of this story, I want to ask you, have you ever read Heart of Hush? I have read some of it. Okay. It or have you read Hush? I have not read Hush, but I've read some of Heart of Hush. Yeah. Uh, I think Paul Dini also wrote Heart of Hush as well, too. And a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people talked about how uh, Hush, Batman Hush is like a whole, like, if you want to, like, get a freaking, if you want to, watch a movie that's all like i'm gonna eat my popcorn and action 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 yeah yeah, yeah. that read hush yeah but paul dini's heart of hush does the heavy lifting and fixes all the plot holes of hush 
Yeah, that's what that. I heard. I heard uh, Heart of Hush was much better than Hush, Batman Hush. Mm -hmm. So what was your initial thoughts of this book? Was it easy for you to like pick it up? Was it, um, did you have to like do a little bit of research to piece together the stuff that happened previously? Or would you say it was like an easy read? Like what was your thoughts on the book like so far with the first three issues? Well, starting on the first page of the book, um, Catwoman is talking about how her heart is weak, she's weak, and uh, how in Gotham it's not, you don't get to be weak. And I'm just like, okay, what the fuck is happening? What the fuck is she talking about? So I did my research. I go on Reddit it was with all the fucking Reddit nerds. And they're like, yeah, you got to read Heart of Hush first. Go read Heart of Hush. So I skimmed it. I read the first couple pages, so I skimmed it. It was a lot. But um, yeah, it was really easy for me to pick up it, because I really love Catwoman. I love Harley. I love Ivy. And seeing Catwoman being getting beat the fuck up by some loser. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, I need to get into this more because what the fuck is about to happen? And then Harley's, not Harley, Ivy saves the day. And that's always nice to see Ivy just appearing out of nowhere you see vines in the bag while he's fighting that it was really easy for me for me to miss that first because it, he's fighting he's hitting Gatwoman, he's beating her the fuck up he's fucking with her heart you just see vines in the back that's probably one of my favorite things about ivy um in the comics you can just see just teeny tiny vines behind whoever it's it's great I Anyways, like the details yeah. that was added there like yeah, like I you said I, I could barely like keep up with that like I had to do like a double take to that panel because like uh soups like you guys were saying like the, it's like coming out of this manhole cover slowly yeah. as like Catwoman's getting choked out and that's actually my notes that like that's one of the other things I really loved about the art in this book it was very simplistic but detailed and flowy and line worked and then the colors are so bright and it's like really cute but it's like really like has like an edge to it I, I really liked that a lot. I liked it a lot. And then the thing that really stuck out was the dialogue for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. I, it was, it was just great. This, the whole, it was just great. I just loved it. It was a, a very, a very good starter. It was a good, very good first issue. I know some issues are like, oh, okay, we're just getting into it. It'll probably be better in the next. It was, it was starting off very strong, actually. It was mm -hmm. great. It, it was a nice ride. I think each issue so far, because we are covering the first three issues, guys. I think each issue was good at like feeling like a whole episode of a TV show almost. Like when I was reading this, I could kind of see some of the uh, some of the inspiration that was like that might have been taken from this for the Harley Quinn show, or maybe yeah, even some of the stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or even some of the stuff with like the Birds of Prey movie. And especially the Birds of Prey movie, like there's a part in issue three where I'm like, oh, y'all took that from me there. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, and then with the Harley Quinn show, I love the Harley Quinn show. Only thing I would say is that every now and then when it like, like the show is like, I love the show. We did the show. We did the sh an episode of the show on the show. But I think one of the things that sometimes I'm like takes me out of the show is that like, OK, the show is like an exaggerated version of these comic book characters, but in the simplest of forms, but it makes it interesting and funny because of it. And it begs the question of, is this all just being told and from Harley's perspective and how she sees the damn villains in the whole world, right? Sometimes I wish, well, what would it be like if we got like a more like comic accurate Harley Quinn show? And this kind of feels like what that might be. 
Yeah, that's what it felt like because don't let me get started on the Harley Quinn show. Quick, 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 quick sign up. How did you feel? Did you um did you watch the last two episodes of season four? No, I'm actually really behind. Okay, I was <laughs> I'm really <laughs> I'm really behind with Harley Quinn. I'll zip my lips. I'll just I so I'll just stop there. But um yeah, I I love um how you can tell by the way Ivy is talking in the in Gotham City Sirens, you can see it's reflected in the Harley Quinn show and how their um Catwoman's Ivy's and Harley's dynamic is shown through this. Mm -hmm. You can tell the, the writers did their research. That's what yeah. I'm Okay, yeah, I can see that. I can see what you. I can see what you're putting down. I and I, I know that this book was like before it was like explicit that they were in a relationship too. Because mm -hmm. I remember, um, I remember growing up, I always was thinking like they're just best friends because that's like the characterization in the animated series. Until I got older, and then people were talking about how like no, they're in a relationship, and at first I was like no, they're <laughs> no. And then when people started laying it down, they were like, okay, they live together. Okay, people, you know, friends can live together. And then they were like, yeah, but their interactions. And then even in the first episode where they first were like friends, the it's way always, that it's always, if you ask me, I'll find gay undertones anywhere, anywhere. The first, even uh, the first introduction when they first meet in uh, Batman the Animated Series, um, their first meeting in that first, them living together that felt that felt gay <laughs> that yeah. felt like two girls that like each other you know yeah yeah it was giving sapphic that's what it was giving it was giving wlw that's what it was giving it was giving no, girls kissing girls. not wlw oh <laughs> my God. wlw it was giving sapphic remembrance like it was giving gay oh my gosh okay but I, I, first like my first thoughts is i really like this story i did yeah. and as you were saying like you know let's get back to freaking bone blaster first of all that is a porn name i'm sorry I, i'm <laughs> sorry i'm <laughs> sorry uh, you know when i first heard them say his name was bone blaster and then he also looks like a ripoff of you know what? He might be a ripoff of Crossbones from Marvel. Wow, that might be it. But this guy is called Bone Blaster. He has like a skull face, and then he has like vibration. Uh, so yeah, that was enough for me to not take him seriously. Got on blue jeans. <laughs> okay, sir. Please, you you wore a jean vest. Give me off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you wore a jean vest. <laughs> Wearing a jean vest. Okay, soups. This episode is gonna be off the rails, but you know what? I'm having a blast here. It's okay. It's great. It's fantastic. All right, but you know, as this as this uh, is going on, you know, Bone Blaster is doing what he's doing. Ivy comes in and saves the day, and. You know, a lot of stuff, it just hits, goes fast. The pacing in this book is really, really good. The first three yeah. issues had some really good pacing, especially the first uh, the first issue. Uh, so, you know, after this happens, Ivy then picks up Catwoman, takes her back to her apartment, finds out that it's not her apartment, it's actually the Riddlers. Yeah. Ivy's just taking over, taking control of them. And 
Catwoman at first was like, what the fuck? I gave you $3 million. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When Catwoman said she gave Ivy $3 million and Ivy kind of got rid of most of her money to uh, research. And she also said she wanted like Ivy to take care of the Riddler because she just wanted to get even with him. I'm going to be real with you, Selena. So, so Selena, she did get even with him. She did. But I'm broke. Soups, it's no, it's no secret. I'm broke. So when I heard that Ivy had $3 million and she gave it to charity, which there's nothing wrong with that. And it wasn't just a charity. She just spent it on other things, too. I was mad. <laughs> Especially back then. This book came out in 2010, 2006. When was it? 2009? 2009. Yeah, you're right. 2009. Yeah, because this is around the time um, Batman is dead, quote unquote. Uh, and Dick Grayson is Batman at the time. 2009? Holly, Holly comes in with her. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, I have in my notes, as, you know, Ivy and uh, Catwoman are talking about the money. Harley comes in with all these different shopping bags and like I was just brought back this Batman animated series because I think Harley's at her best when she's wrote, wrote similarly to that uh, and the fact that Har Harley has bad spending habits something about that just seemed really on brand for me like I could I could buy that yeah I could buy that but long story short they're all talking they then decide to go ahead and team up before they could finish the conversation that they're having bone blaster comes in and starts wrecking shit up in riddler's apartment mind you and only thing i have in my notes is the bone blaster again lame name lame <laughs> uh catwoman then pulls some electrical cords off the wall and then zaps the fuck out of them and she then tells the riddler as they're all leaving hey we didn't do it he did it the riddler then beats the shit out of bone blaster End of first issue. Wait, no, actually, no, not the end of the first issue. But they then go ahead and get a new hideout from the broker, and it's an animal shelter, big ass abandoned animal shelter. So, what was your thoughts on this first issue? I thought it was great. It's it very. It was just great. It was very. It was very them. I don't know how to put it. It was very. It was very them all together. It was very just how they are with each other. Ivy's. I was trying to save the fucking world with fucking <laughs> climate change, trying to fucking stop climate change. Harley's fucking wherever the fuck. And Catwoman just is like, okay, you bitches, I don't know what the fuck. You bitches are just on some other shit. But then them teaming mm -hmm. up, and them, I don't know, them, um, them consulting with each other, I think, I think, that was probably my favorite, 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 favorite part of the whole um, issue. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Uh, Soups, there's a huge moment where Harley and Ivy like take a step aside to like be like, okay, yeah, let's do it. But we have to ask her one more question. And at the end of the issue, the question is, who is Batman? Listen, I love this. I, I, I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. And it's the fact that within the next issue, we then like pick up like just like that. And then we're met with K 
Catwoman meeting with Talia Al Ghul. And Talia has some pretty nice dialogue where she says that there have been many women in Bruce Wayne's life. Only two he's truly loved, which is you and I. Uh, I know in the last episode with uh, J.C. Elliott, we were talking about retcons and how, like, you know, the Spider-Man and Human Torch book wasn't, it was a mixture of retcon, but also used pre-existing stuff. I think it's safe to say that this is a really good retcon as well, too. That, uh, you know, that this was something that, like, Talia did after or in between the events of Hush. And, yeah, because I think, actually, yeah, no, I think if I'm not mistaken, Catwoman post-crisis, her first time finding out that Bruce was Batman was in Hush. And honestly, you know, yes, when you finally go read Hush, I think you're going to laugh your ass off at the endings. I know I do every fucking time. Do you want to be spoiled or not? Not really. Tell me. I'll forget. (laughs) At the end of Hush, Batman is doing this whole freaking big detective thing throughout the entire book. And then Batman basically gets in his head and is like, but wait. Catwoman, why did we get super duper close during this entire event? And she's trying to kiss him and he like pushes her away. And then she snaps and is like, What the fuck? I almost died. And we've been through all this shit. You know what? You know what? I'm done. Bye, Bruce. <laughs> My favorite part of the uh Talia and Catwoman, first of all, I love Talia Al Gore. And I love that going back to the show. I love that she's included in the new um, Harley show. Love Talia. Love seeing her anywhere. Just love her. But um, it was really funny, actually, seeing Talia and Catwoman just together. It's like, first of all, that's ghetto as fuck. <laughs> Batman's ghetto as fuck. Bruce Wayne's ghetto as I mean, fuck. Batman's a whore. Let's be real here. He's a whore. He'll fuck anybody. He loves he loves him. He loves a woman that'll smack him around and yell at him. That's probably from yeah. the mommy issues, but that's another conversation. Um, <laughs> but I love seeing Talia and Catwoman together because it's like kind of like baby mama drama. It's it, like it really is when you think about it. Yeah, because it's because when you think about <laughs> it's just them being together. Every um interaction they've had is just fucking hilarious to me and this one is like oh like you said when they uh said when talia said um we're the only two women batman truly loves and that i don't know it cracked me the fuck up you got two of your (laughs) it's just ghetto as fuck two of your exes meeting up just messy and ghetto as fuck. Anyway. Don't even mention the whole Wonder Woman thing. Actually, don't even mention the Zatanna thing. Batman and Zatanna had all a relationship, too. Batman is a man whore. I don't know. I think Batman got it. Hey. I think he might be. He might got it. He might have it. He got it. He might have it. He tries he to might. play this aloof, this aloof character. He is a cuck. He loves women. Batman is a cuck. Batman, we'll save it for another episode of the podcast. We'll save it. Anyways, seeing Talia and Catwoman is just fucking hilarious to me because, I don't know, they just, I forgot, it was it was in the uh, Batman Rebirth uh, series that, that Talia and Catwoman fought. That is just so 
fucking funny. That is just the ghettoest shit I have ever seen. Batman is ghetto as fuck. I just love seeing them together. So seeing them in this issue, it was hilarious. It's funny. I, I agree. It. I agree. I agree. 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 <laughs> but basically, Catwoman and Talia sit down to be, and Talia basically teaches Catwoman a way. To if for any reason someone tries to get information through torture, coercion, all that type of stuff, teaches her a way, kind of like hypnosis or whatever, to not give up Bruce's identity. And the way that she does this is that she finds a way to be truthful while lying at the same time. So when she's asking, when they're asking her who exactly Batman is and all that other type of shit, Selena says Bruce Wayne. And then she says James Gordon. And then she starts listing off the Gotham elite and everyone in Gotham, all that type of stuff. And she then tells them that Batman is just, isn't just one person. He's numerous people. He, they have people put on the costume for PR reasons. They have people who are fully trained to be Batman. All this stuff. Paul Dini is a great ass writer because when she was saying this at first, Ivy and Harley were like, okay, okay, bitch, you, you, you. <laughs> you're lying that is a lie and then she's like no 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 it's not a lie it's true <laughs> like like think about all the times that he stabbed and we do all these things to him and harley is like i'm okay i suppose but at the same time though it, it could be one person especially if they're dedicated based off of some severe childhood trauma yeah she literally just guessed it <laughs> Like, uh, it was just a fun moment, I would say. And, you know, we haven't even talked about what happened later where uh, she does run into Bruce Wayne. Well, Harley and Ivy, they do finally agree that, okay, you know, that's interesting. We, we buy it now. Cool. Harley then decides to leave and do some shopping. She then runs into these hooligans who were about to, like, steal from Bruce Wayne and kidnap him because of money. And, but it's not really Bruce Wayne. It's secretly hushed, masquerading as Bruce Wayne, while in continuity, Batman is dead, and Dick Grayson is Batman currently. And long story short, this is the moment I was talking about earlier that kind of reminded me of Birds of Prey, because what happens is Harley kind of saves who she thinks is Bruce Wayne by doing some acrobatics on the car and all the other type of shit. She takes out all the crooks. And I was sitting there thinking like, oh, you saw this. Why didn't we get a movie if you saw this book? Why did you choose not to put Harley in black and red in that movie if you saw this book? Oh, can we? Uh, I meant to bring this up earlier. The outfits in Birds of Prey were absolutely atrocious. Woo. Glad you're on the same page. I'm against humanity. That was the pink sports bra and the gold overalls did you see the concept art no i don't want to see it <laughs> it was better okay i'll look i'll look for it yeah she had black and red overalls she even had a black and red uh derby uh roller derby suit i feel like why is harley quinn in anything other than black and red why are we doing red and blue pink and blue we're going too far off the record Maybe I'm just a Harley Quinn traditionalist, but we're we're going off topic. We are, but you know what? This is a fun episode. Love to have you on the show. Thank you, David. You're well. You're you're loved here. It's great. (laughs) Okay. 
but I completely agree with you with the Birds of Prey movie. But back to this though, when it came to all that stuff, the thing, the biggest thing, the biggest crown jewel of these three issues that made me even happier is that Paul Dini is it's Paul Dini was like, you know what? I'm gonna refer to my previous works. I don't care. I'm gonna refer to my previous works. I'm gonna refer to my time on Batman the Animated Series. Because Harley talked about how the reason she saved Bruce Wayne was because Bruce Wayne was a part of the board that caused her to get her parole. And ever since then, she was uh, she was like, you know, I really appreciated that. And she wanted to save him as like a little thank you almost. Right. That was a nice little nod. Because uh, have you seen um, Harley Quinnade or was no, it was an, it wasn't Harley Quinnade. It was uh, Harley's Day Out or whatever. It was an episode where Harley was uh she was seen as sane and she had like one bad day and she snapped and batman kind of felt bad for her yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was him referring to that i think that was fucking awesome harley, he loves harley he loves he loves harley quinn more than anything in his world i will not accept anything he loves harley quinn it's his creation. I don't even blame him i think oh, the only he, other second he, person he died. that is that is his girl that's his girl yeah. I think the second person that he loves the most, though, is probably Zatanna. He loves him some Zatanna. First issue. I love that. Um, was it the first issue? It was the first issue. I forgot to mention it. When Ivy confronts Zatanna, uh, about to get in the jacuzzi. <laughs> and she's almost like waterboarding her. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> what happened uh, if she actually healed Catwoman? And... Uh, the thing I love the most about that is that uh, Zatanna says, you and Harley are both uh, doctors. You should know that psychological damage is just as bad as physical damage. That, that whole thing, I, I loved it. It was great. And it was Ivy great. coming through the mind, that was hilarious. I was kind of surprised that Ivy even kind of felt bad after Zatanna said that. Well, didn't feel bad for Zatanna, but like felt bad for Catwoman and was like, yeah. oh, that she makes said, sense. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you know what? Yeah, let, let's be there and help her. Let's let, let's be her friends. Uh, which is always really interesting to me when uh Poison Ivy is written. Like Poison Ivy doesn't give a fuck about human human beings. The only human being she likes is Harley. And I would even say maybe even Catwoman, but like more like a yeah, sometimes. You sometimes yeah, you sometimes cool. okay. you cool, you cool. I don't like your man, but you cool. Like the it's definition great. of I'm friends with you, not your man. That's that's primarily what it is. That's primarily what it is, if we're being honest here. But you can you can come around, just don't bring your nigga around me. Don't bring your nigga to girls' night. I don't even know if we, I, I ain't never said nigga on the show. Woo. <laughs> oh my god, am I gonna have to censor that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't think you have ever said nigga on the show. I never did. That was the first three issues of Gotham City Sirens. I know, Soups, this is kind of got off the rails, but you know what? This was a fun episode to talk about Excuse all me. things. Excuse hmm? me. That was the first two. What? First two what? That was? Yeah. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Issue three was uh, Riddler and Batman. Kind of Batman centered. Can we, oh, can I be honest? <laughs> I did not like issue three. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, issue three was weird. It breaks so hard for me. It was like, a, oh my god. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. We'll and you know something? It, I, it was not. It was well written. I liked it, but it, it was, was more like it was just I, abrupt. And I yeah. And I think I think Cameron were only on for two pages. I didn't give a fuck. Yeah, they were there like the beginning because they were. It, trying it to was just a more. whole lot to say. Just it could have been something else. It could have. Oh, I it forgot to mention soups. Harley got taken by Hush at the end of issue two. <laughs> so by issue three, Ivy and Catwoman run over to the Riddler and be like, and they're like, hey, yo, Harley is taken. And we learn that ever since the fallout of Hush, where the Riddler found out who Batman is, he became an anti-hero. And now he is doing his whole Sherlock Holmes stuff, which I think it was actually personally from what I heard and the little bits of stuff I read with it, I wasn't against the Riddler being like more of an ally. That yeah, was pretty cool. I thought it was fine, but it was just a little in the way, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm reading the Gotham City Sirens. And we're not talking about the sirens. We went back to the original plot at the very last, yeah, I think the very last page where he sees on the TV that uh, Harley's with uh, Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. He calls Calvin's like, you got to turn on the TV. Girl, we could have said this on page four. <laughs> we could have said this on page four. Anyways, but it was just a whole lot. Nothing, a whole lot of nothing, really. I agree. It was it, it was, was fun, fun for what it was, but it, it was just wasn't fine. really what, what what I thought about. It like it wasn't fine. what I was expecting. It was in the Gotham City Sirens series. Oh, so you so you got a bone to pick with Mr. Paul Dini? I love Paul Dini. <laughs> Lord knows <laughs> I do. Actually, I think um, that was that issue wasn't even written by Paul Dini. So there you go. <laughs> What? It, wait, wait, wait. It wasn't? That, I thought it was. If I am not mistaken, if DT Infinite is lying to me, I am so sorry. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but it says written by Scott Lobdell. Damon? <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm lying. I'll look it up now. I think I'm, I am almost... Sh- well, actually, you know what, Soups? Hop in the comments and correct us if we're wrong on this. Tell me I'm a stupid bitch if I'm wrong. <laughs> I will take back everything I said. Okay, well, you know what? This is giving me to our my next question for you, Yes. If this was the case, how do you... Okay, I'm trying to think how we're going to do these rates. Let's do two different rates. One rate, well, category of rates. Rate each three issue. The next one. Rate your final issue as a whole. So how would you rate these three issues? Hmm. On a scale of five. Five being the best. One, two, and three on a scale. I'm and your telling reasons. you, issue, issue three is really, <laughs> is really docking some points up. I would give it, I give it a, okay, so one out of five. I give it a, I give it a four. It'd be okay. a five if it wasn't for that whole Riddler intermission. I didn't really care for that. It was it was fine. I just didn't care. <laughs> I just didn't care. <laughs> I could I was reading, I was like, oh my God. 
oh my god 22 pages of nothing i don't care like okay 20 pages excuse me the two that involved them i just didn't care it was a four oh you know honestly i can't even lie i'm on the same page as you i would say yeah. it was a four because of the art was fantastic i love the, the art. art was great i love the art I loved the writing, the dialogue. It was fun. Like each character had, they were distinct. It didn't feel like it was just word vomit on the page. When Harley spoke, that's a Harley line. When Catwoman spoke, that's a Catwoman line. Like it just felt true to them. Even when the Riddler had his little issue, it did feel very like Riddler-esque. So I'll give it that. I'll give it that. And I would say, since it's a four, I think this does stand the test of time. It definitely does. Mm-hmm. But the real question is, what do you guys think at home? Do you think the first three issues of Gotham City Sirens stand the test of time? I would Be like sure to what you said. Oh. If you don't think they stand the test of time, you hate women, that's all. Okay, continue. All right, well, you heard her, guys. All right, well, be sure. To follow us on Instagram at Super Saturdays Podcast, TikTok at Super Saturdays Pod, and Twitter at Super Saturday PC. Your messages and your views can make their way on the show. So please let us know, interact, or even if you want to suggest an episode, you could potentially be a guest. Who knows? This was Super Saturdays. I'm Damon. I'm Yasmin. See you next Saturday, Soups. And Yas, where can they find you on socials if you want to plug anything? Um, you can find me on Instagram, but my Instagram is private and you cannot follow me. <laughs> See you next Saturday, soups. Bye.